The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Football is the most magical of sports. It can produce the most magical of moments and heartbreak as well. It went one way, it went the other. But it ended up the Premier League trophy at the Etihad with those blue ribbons, at which we will see being lifted shortly. The Liverpool fans are not leaving their seats, of course. They want to pay their respects and give their applause to this quite incredible team under Jurgen Klopp, who've done so much this season Two cups in the bag. They've still got the Champions League to come. But the pitch invasion at Manchester City, as you can see, they are getting ready for their trophy lift for the fourth time in five seasons. Six overall. Manchester City, once again, Kings of England. Tim, we were watching the game at Anfield behind us from our studio here, keeping an eye on the game at the Etihad. We had no idea what was going to happen. I don't think anybody did. Did you see that Manchester City comeback happening? No, it was gone. It was gone. The game was out of their hands, down 2-0. What an incredible comeback. Just just the fact they had the resilience and the wherewithal not to put their heads down. I know they're the world-class players. I know they're champions. But that was monumental for them to come back in the second half the way they did. And I'll tell you what, these fans, these Manchester City fans have been criticized for a long time. But you can tell with these scenes what it means to them. They showed up this season as they have before, and it means the world to them. But, Tim, life is normally so easy for Manchester City. My goodness, how do you explain that first half and then the second? Was that second half, I mean, obviously it was about the substitution of Gundogan coming on. He got two of the goals. Pep Guardiola's halftime team talk, no doubt. But it was, a, it was such a... A juxtaposition of performances. Yeah. Yeah, well, for, for Manchester City, it, it was a sputter late on. They were down two goals against West Ham last week, down two, two goals again against Aston Villa. This is a team that almost, for their, for their standard, limped to the title. Um, but again, they just showed, they showed the resilience that we're just so accustomed to. In one sense, you think it's weak-minded for them to go down those goals. But gosh, they showed a lot of heart. 
Well, I know that Robbie Musto at halftime felt that he couldn't see a City comeback on the books. I don't think many people could. Robbie Earl did plump, though, for Manchester City to come back and win it. Robbie and Robbie are down on the pitch at Anfield. Gentlemen, try and describe the atmosphere down there at the final whistle and how it all unfolded in and around you. Well, Rebecca, I mean, talk about roller coaster. I mean, from where we were sitting, people around us. Of course, we're looking across to our right and seeing the cop getting more excited. I mean, I think we, we both felt like Liverpool, yeah, I'm not sure the goal was going to come. I mean, it, you know, it took a long time to get their football going. Mo Salah comes into the game, Rebecca, didn't do a lot. Firmino had some bad touches, and we just thought, wow, this is not going to happen. This news of the, the City comeback, I mean, and then people were making erroneous shouts about there's a goal, yeah. there's not a goal. It's kind of hard to actually keep track of all the stuff that was going on. Yeah, it was emotional. We were sitting there amongst the Liverpool fans and we're getting nervous for them about what was happening. But when you look at Manchester City, and I think Tim's made the point, 2-0 down, two straight games against two decent teams, and they lose neither of those games, win one and draw one. It showed you that this team are not just great footballers, don't just possess the ball, don't just create so many chances. They can dig deep what champions have to do. And what it looks like, three goals in especially just five or six minutes in the second half is enough to win them the title. And you finish where you deserve in the Premier League and Manchester City, I have to say, have deserved to finish top of the pile. Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl down pitch side at Anfield. We will be bringing you post-match interviews both at Anfield, hopefully at our pitch side desk and at the Etihad once the trophy's been lifted as well. Robbie Musto, we talked before the game about nerves. They had to play a part today. It looked like Liverpool were almost too nervous to score and City, obviously in that first half, just shell-shocked. I think so. It must have been. I mean, of course, we didn't see a lot of the City game. We're getting the reaction, of course, the the, the, the data and fact from the match. And Kevin De Bruyne assists for the winning goal. Ilkay Gundogan comes into the match. I mean, Gundogan's not had such a big season, but comes in with two huge goals today. And as for Liverpool, Rebecca, yeah, I, I don't know whether it was nerves or whether, you know, the changes from the last game, the flow wasn't great. But they got the job done. They won the game and 3-1 at the end. It's just remarkable that the, that the city came back like that. Again, like we're getting news on our phone and through other people. And for them to come back from 2-0 down, I mean, I know what Pep's going to say. Pep's going to talk about the spirit, the character. Did you ever doubt this team, as he said many times before? Um, but Robbie's right. 38 games, you play every other team home and away. They've come out on top by one point. There's two remarkable football teams for sure. But again, like 2019, City have just, just done it. Ten years since that Aguero time, that, that, that late night minute goal, and it, it almost like the drama was going that way, Rob. We, we weren't too sure at one point whether City were going to do it, whether Liverpool would score here and, and get the win that needed to take them to the title. But the fans played a part for City today. The fans haven't been there in the last couple of seasons for them what they did today and they got them over the line and Pep Guardiola and his team congratulations title winners four out of five seasons Massive congratulations to Manchester City just a small news line coming into us here on NBC Stephen Gerrard the Aston Villa manager has claimed that Robin Olsen Villa's goalkeeper was actually attacked during the pitch invasion. This is coming from a Daily Mirror journalist, David McDonnell, and Stephen Gerrard has spoken to the press, spoken to the Daily Mirror and said, we're going to see how he is, but I think that you should ask Pep and Manchester City those questions. So that line coming into us from the Daily Mirror about a possible attack on the goalkeeper for Aston Villa, Robin Olsen. 
Any more on that, of course, we'll bring it to you. But these scenes here at Manchester City, pure jubilation as every player gets a chance to raise this famous Premier League trophy to the skies. And Tim, we were watching the scenes at the final whistle at the Etihad when they did it, when they clinched it, in the way, Tim, that they clinched it. And what was so... I, I, in a funny way, it was surprising because it's always surprising to see anybody in football cry. Yeah. It doesn't happen every day. But Pep Guardiola crumbled at the final whistle. Tears were flowing. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't control himself, Tim. Well, Rebecca, I was happy to see Pep Guardiola cry because there's sometimes where you just think these players and managers aren't human, that they're not affected by the pressure and not affected by the emotion. But I tell you what, they, they have a lot of sleepless nights. They feel the pressure. And you just saw that release of what it meant to Pep. And it's the fine margins as well, Robbie Musto. They were minutes away from losing this title and having one of the poorest yeah. seasons in a number. They had not won a piece of silverware since Pep's first season. Yep. And then they go and do it right at the end. So that has to just be, does it not, an outpouring of relief? You've Absolutely. been in these situations. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just emotional, isn't it, Rebecca? Uh, the emotion of the pressure on them today, it was theirs. They had it. They had the point advantage. And then the, the scoreline goes against them. But he said it time and time again that this team has got character. We've seen them come from behind many, many times to win now we're watching an outstanding player in Kevin De Bruyne who's the best player in the league for me this season and just thinking back Rebecca right at the start of the season back to our prediction time and I said you know what without a striker whether Man City going to have enough goals yeah. in this particular season with the great sides that's in there this year 99 goals with their 93 <laughs> points I mean I know they've got a new high profile striker coming in Erlen Haaland of course but they don't need him. 99 goals. It's pretty remarkable. And credit again to the coach for, for, for tweaking the way his team plays, that utilises midfield players, getting in the box to score the well, goals. Well, that's interesting. Let's pick that point yeah. up. Erling Haaland's coming next season. Yes. Do you think it's going to be a different way of playing that we're going to yes. see from City? There'll have to be an adaption for Haaland, for the way he plays, for the focal point, that he's not one of those midfield players who keeps the ball. But also to add to, to Robbie's point about no striker, this is a Manchester City team today who were 2-0 down. Today wasn't about false nines and inverted fullbacks and all the tactical things. This was about heart and soul and drive and digging deep. And this Manchester City team have shown they can win a title doing different things with different elements. And that's why Pep's probably so emotional because they often get talked about they have so much possession, they have all this. But they were 2-0 down and could have lost the title today and they end up winning 3-2 and we see the pictures that we've seen there. Alexander Zinchenko wrapping the Premier League trophy in the flag of his country, Ukraine. Emotional scenes throughout the course of the last couple of months. As There he is. The emotion is etched on his face as he sheds tears for his people and for his country. And all of football have come together and been there for him. And there's Jack Grealish and Ruben Diaz taking a moment with him. Of course, there are many more things of more importance on the mind of this young man. But a Premier League title winner's medal will be a crumb of comfort after the efforts of the season and everything that his family, friends and countrymen have been going through. Fernandinho raises the Premier League trophy to the skies of Manchester. A reminder that for City, now it's four Premier League titles in their last five years. They set the record back in 2017-18 for points. I mean, this recent dominance is astounding. Nine major trophies now in the last five seasons. And Pep Guardiola has the most wins in the Premier League in that time. Let's catch up with Pep Guardiola, who is talking to our very own, our new interviewers, Lee Dixon and Graham Lasso.
Could you please explain to me what just happened? No. <laughs> Definitely not. How, how are you feeling? We, when we try to analyze the big data and you know discover this game, how you control the motions and many things happen in this type of game. So, so difficult and we know it, uh, we knew it, uh, we felt it and uh, unfortunately we won. With the, uh, when you went 2-0 down, being really honest here, what were you thinking on the bench? One goal, asking one goal, one goal, one goal to get the momentum uh, people was at the beginning was there. One goal, one goal. Unfortunately, it was difficult, you know. You, you say, well, how many goals you had to score? <laughs> Three? No. But the momentum changed and we scored the first and second so quick. And after everyone saw, oh, still maybe 12, 15 minutes, so, and at the end we did it. What was your, your thoughts at half-time making the substitution and changing three positions at the back? Well, they, they, they put five players in, the, in, the, in between the middle. They make a, a system defensively like we are not used. It's the only team a player they space outside. Or right and left, or right foot, always we, we could yeah. go inside. Then we should put left, left foot in left and right and right. And uh, with Rahim and Alex Inchenko, we want to do it, especially Rahim play between central defender and fullback to make runners there in that position. But after they changed uh, 4 for 2 when, when we were pressing, pressing and pushing, and after we, we opened with Rahim and feeling left, and uh, we found, and especially Gundogan is the best runner for the second position, yeah. have incredible tempo, he's the best, the best, and uh, against that team like they're so tight, no special, we didn't need the quality of Bernardo, we need players more, more runs in behind and, and he did it perfectly. So I presume you said to Ilkay, just go and score two goals? <laughs> no, I, I presume de you said that. No, definitely not. <laughs> so, so listen, all the managers around the world make the substitution to get better. Yeah, yeah, so there is no one to, to, you know, to get wrong, but you know, they were tired, we need people in the box, in the crosses, because of course the game was did. And of course Ilkay is really good, he's really good in that. So you, you've won three in Germany, three in Spain, now four in England, and you said England's the hardest league. How good is that league? What makes it so special? And, uh, listen, the magnitude, the magnitude of, of, of this incredible achievement is related to the magnitude of your rival. And our rival is, is almost the perfect team. So, and we beat them two or three times this season. Oh, this, this period yeah. is because speak really well about this group of, of players, the club and everything. So we didn't beat one opener. We beat, we beat the strongest openings I've ever faced in my life as a football player, as a manager by far. And that makes that makes the satisfaction higher. Tell me something about Fernandinho that makes him so special. One of the pitch when we arrived was there. So, so there are many things, all the people see what happened here in the grass, but you cannot imagine how many things since day one helped to me, staff, you know, to make the locker room, the priorities, and uh, we are going, I'm going, I miss him a lot, but he deserved, you know, with 37 years old, deserved with destiny, his last years came back, his love country, Brazil, and uh, it was a joy, it's a privilege, it was, and I can see as a friend, so we will see each other in the future for sure. Thank you.
Go and have a brilliant night. Thank, Thank you, you for so your time much. this season. Hopefully you enjoyed the game. Have a great summer, everybody. Lovely stuff from Lee Dixon, Graham Lasso, and Pep Guardiola. So the quadruple watch is over. They got the League Cup, they got the FA Cup, but they cannot clinch the Premier League, finishing second, a point behind Manchester City. They can, though, complete a treble if they can beat Real Madrid in the Champions League final this coming Saturday in Paris. A little bit earlier on, we were joined by Liverpool fullback Andy Robertson. Joining us now here, Andy Robertson. Andy, thanks so much for coming to join us. Congratulations on, so far, an incredible season. But just talk us through the emotions, if you can, of today. What you knew, what you found out and when. Yeah, look, it's obviously been a roller coaster. We knew Man City were 1-0 down at half-time, but our result wasn't good enough. And uh, we knew we had to play better. We, needed, we knew we needed to calm down a wee bit, show a bit more composure, and we tried to do that second half. Um, at times, probably didn't look likely we were going to score, but... Then we get in front and, um, you know, we knew something wasn't quite right because, you know, obviously the two goals we scored weren't, you know, weren't celebrated by a team that were going to win the, the Premier League. So, obviously flattened down and then, you know, obviously somebody decided to cheer thinking it was three each when it wasn't. And, but, you know, we quickly knew that, that there wasn't that. And so, when, when you knew our game was in the bag and we'd won 3-1, then, you know, all our ears were on at the side of the pitch and seeing what was happening. But, um, you know, we've been beat by a fantastic team. Andy, going into today, we were talking before the game, trying to work out whether or not nerves at your level even play a part. Did it feel different before you went into this game? To be honest, before the game we were fine. During the game we probably got a bit worse, to be honest. Um, just with everything going, out, going on, you know the fans are kind of half watching your game, half on their phones, half on the radio, stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's like you can't, you can't prepare for that, you know. And um, before the game we were absolutely fine. I think we started really well and then... Obviously, as things started to develop, we ended up 1-0 down, obviously, which isn't great. And um, But then I thought we dealt with it really well. Managed to compose ourselves, managed to get the goals we needed, but unfortunately, um, Aston Villa couldn't hold on. Andy, you've won a cup double, you're a point behind Man City. What's Jurgen Klopp said after in terms of where you are this season, obviously, Champions League to come? He just said he's extremely proud of us and, um, we ca you know, we can't really... You know, I'm extremely proud to play for this club and play with this team because... It's a fantastic bunch of boys, fantastic group of staff that we all push in the right direction and we've fallen short to an incredible team today. You know, Man City are fantastic, deserve everything they're going to get, deserve champions and, um, you know, 2-0 down, last day of the season, a game you need to win, you come back and win 3-2, that takes, that takes a lot, you know, and uh, big players show up in big moments and I don't think I'll be watching their goals to be honest with you, but um, I'm sure they were fantastic quality and fair play to Guardiola and all their team because... They deserve it. I always, I always say, you know, you get what you deserve during the season and, you know, they deserve champions. Andy, um, try, try and describe what's going through your head. You're going round here. There's all sorts of mixed emotions going on. You won the game and you're, you've won two trophies, but you lost the title race and you're in the Champions League on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, what's going through your head when you're walking around with your families and stuff? It's a, it's a brilliant kind of lap of appreciation from the fans. Yeah, look, and we had experience with that. You know, the last Wolves game, the 97-98 point, you know, the, the yeah. send-off we got from Madrid was incredible. And, you know, when we walked off the pitch and obviously the changing room was, you know, pretty flat, but then we slowly picked ourselves up. You see your kids, you see your families, yeah. and that always makes you smile. You know, a club legend's leaving in Divock Origi and you have to say, you know, you have to give him the send-off they, you know, thoroughly deserve. So, and these fans have packed out Anfield every single every single game, away end, every single, every game, and you have to say thanks to them, you know, they've been incredible all season and we're disappointed for them that we've fallen short, but, 
you know, we've gave it an incredible effort, you know, 91 points, just tried to fight for every point, you know, a, a good bit behind in January, just yeah. started fighting for everything and um, we've gave it a hell of a fight, but we've just fallen short and the next season we need to be ready to go again. Yeah, Andy, brilliant season. I know this is disappointing, but the resilience of this team has stood out all season and it has for the last few seasons. You, you, the, the treble is still on. How long will Jurgen Klopp give you to kind of handle this one? Just the night, maybe tomorrow, and then back at it? Yeah, look, I think tonight and tomorrow, we've got a day off tomorrow, and then we're back in Tuesday. So Tuesday, full focus will be on Madrid and full focus on Paris. You know, it's an incredible game to be involved in, a massive game, and you can't, you know, you can't dwell on this. But tonight, we'll, you know, we'll set home, we'll, um, we'll obviously go through everything in our heads. It's only natural, and... Tomorrow we'll you know, try and dust ourselves down, get our bodies ready, everything like that. Then Tuesday, we'll focus on Madrid. The Premier League will be forgotten about until we're on holiday. And I'm sure maybe one chance that we missed, or what, they'll all come up. You know, we're, yeah. we're footballers at the end of the day. It's always going to be the case. But look, I'm so proud of these lads. And, and we've, been, we've been excellent. And, but we're also playing against an outstanding team. You know, they, they give you nothing. And that's what Man City have done. And we need to be ready again next season to compete in, in every competition. And especially the Premier League. Well done. Andy, thank you so much for coming to talk thank to us here on NBC. Good, good, luck, luck, on good luck on Saturday. Yeah. Let's hear from Jurgen Klopp talking to Kelly Cates and Jamie Carragher of Sky Sports. Jurgen, obviously there's disappointment today, but overall, how do you feel? Is it more complicated than that? Well, first of all, congratulations Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. And thank you to... Aston Villa and Wolverhampton Wanderers have both made a proper game of it, honestly. When people think sometimes about integrity in football, <laughs> I saw here today an opponent who was really um, up to it. And, and uh, what I heard so far, obviously, when I see the result and, and City as well. So um, It's all fine. Uh, it's not the result we wanted. And again, <laughs> it was a bit of a roller coaster. So I, I don't know exactly the result, but I think we were one nil up at one time and we were two nil up as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three goals in five minutes for City. Yeah, no, but that's how it is. We scored ours uh, in, in, in short succession. So, so I know, of course, there will come a moment, uh, give me a few seconds, um, that it will settle. <laughs> but uh, in a moment, of course, it's disappointment there as well. Is the fact that it was such a roller coaster, does that make it harder to take yeah, in a way? Yeah, yeah. If you get here the result at 5 0 after 10 minutes for City, then it's gone. Then you play just a bit of football. And you saw it was a lot at stake. Eh? So you, you, that was not our best game, obviously. <laughs> it was a lot. Wow, we defended like all, all over the place in moments. These kind of things. And so, but that's we are all human beings, and you have to take that, and you have to fight, and you need a goalie, and then you have to score. That's what we all did. And um, yeah, it's all really all good. And um, it will. It's an outstanding see, 92 points is absolutely in, in, uh, incredible. So it's all fine. But of course we wanted it all, but now it's okay. Yeah, that points total would have won you the Premier League in pretty much every season, which probably oh. isn't much comfort this time That's around. That's the story of my life. <laughs> I'm still record holder for not getting promoted in Germany from second to the first division with the highest point study, with the second highest point study as well. So, uh, yeah, but it's okay. You, you need to beat, uh, you need to get as many points as uh, all the teams, all the other teams are behind you. We didn't do that this year and that's why we are here, but it's all fine. How quickly does the focus turn to next week? Oh, uh, yeah. So, of course, the focus is there because Thiago is obviously um, is injured. So, um, He'll be out the final? Yeah, I think so, but I don't know. He's here outside, he's limping a little bit, so that's maybe not the best sign. But um, no, we have to have, need to have a, a closer look at that. 
Uh, yeah, but we all will be happy. We will make a day off, and then we will see how we can. Uh, then we will deal with it. It's no problem. But it was clear before the game it can happen. It's not that we were like preparing a party or whatever. At least nobody told me. <laughs> so, um, but I really think um, we would have deserved. We would have it deserved as well. So that that's fine. It's it's absolutely fine. Um, you cannot do more than give your absolute best, and that's what the boys did again. I couldn't be more proud of this group. It's absolutely exceptional. Uh, with the amount of games we had to play, we chased the probably best team in the world, um, really, to the wire. It's, it's absolutely special. And, uh, but we will, we will go again. All the young boys today here on the pitch, um, our future, really nice. Um, they got a little bit of a, a sense of how good it will be, and we will, we will build a team again and go again. You say they get a sense of how good it will be in the future, but two trophies already this time around. You miss out on the Premier League title by one point, and there's still a Champions League final to come. Doesn't get much better than that. No, yes, that you have that's about one week um, forward and have the, the cup already. That would make it much better. No, it's all good. Honestly, I, 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 if they would have told me before the season that's the situation, I would have probably said, yeah, take that." But I'm not too sure with the league to be one of us. But, but, but yeah, at least one point behind last game, I would have, I would have taken probably. And the Champions League final. So it's how it is. It's, it's, it's. If you want to win big, you have to be ready to lose big, and that's what we did today. So you cannot. You have to be ready for tight decisions, and um, and they go sometimes more often than not against you. And um, but it's all about reacting. And of course, we cannot not react in the league tomorrow. But next year we can. You, we you just mentioned about reacting. You said last season was one of the toughest seasons you'd had for yeah, you know, things on the pitch, maybe off the pitch as well. How proud are you and pleased as well from sort of the reaction from everybody at the club, including the players, yourself and the staff, to be in the position that you're in right now? Oh, I, I, they, 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 maybe I didn't say that in public, but they know all. I told them already 500 million times. So it's the best group I ever had. So not only the players, but the people I work together with is incredible. So, and of course, we're only here because of all these people. And um, it's absolutely outstanding. The way, the way, it's a joy to come every morning to work. A, absolute joy. And that's why we where we are. And um, that's why you need, you need to have a solid basis to react on defeats. We know now kind of why we didn't make it. We needed a bit of more consistency. It's, it's really like it is in this league. We lost a few games in the first part of the season. We lost, lost, we lose, I know, we, we, draw, we drew a few games. Yes, we lost as well against Leicester, but we were 3-0 up at home and these kind of things. It, it can happen, we all know that. Should not. No, there's space for improvement, football-wise space for improvement, all these kind of things, we will work on that. Um, that was really cool when you, when you don't have like 10 changes or whatever, you just build on what you had and um, that's what we'll do. Jürgen, a week today, regardless of what happens in Paris, there's going to be a parade through the city for your team and for the women's team as well, where yeah. you can celebrate the trophies. There's already trophies to be celebrated in, in that parade. How important is it that you get that moment to celebrate the fa- with the fans, given that when you did win the title, there wasn't that, that opportunity? Oh, for me, it's incredibly important. Because today, when we come out here, this is obviously now not a lab of honor for us. <laughs> it's for the people. So and the parade is for the people and not for us. And people deserve it. So not only have we had a pandemic in between and all these kind of things which made life really difficult. Um, no, but we won two trophies already. If you win a third one, fine. If not, we won two trophies. And we didn't celebrate the championship. So uh, that's for me already. And celebrating life after all the, the rubbish we went through during the pandemic is enough reason for me. And if people out there don't understand it I think I enjoy it even a little bit more to be honest so because it's just it's just for us and people outside don't understand how special this club is I can't help them so 
if you want to if you want to have a, re, a club with real passion where you can be really involved from from the heart as well and not only from other things so then you have to be part of liverpool and um, that's why i'm so proud that we can do that and um, Obviously, we had that idea and thought, yeah, we, we, we give it a go. It was not immediately that everyone said, yeah, that's a good idea. But the players see the same like me. Yes, we do it. And um, now hopefully we have a third trophy, obviously. You said it's for the people. And yeah, this is. is the first season back post-COVID. We've had full stadia here at Anfield, right around the Premier League. And you've given these Liverpool fans so much to cheer about. So thank you for joining us, Jürgen. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks. Thank okay. Thanks. See you. Thank- so the top line of Championship Sunday, Manchester City retained their Premier League title. It was a little dicey for a while there, but an epic comeback against Villa saw them pip Liverpool to the title by a point. Liverpool finishes runners-up with 92 points, but they can still grab themselves a treble, as Klopp was saying there. The League Cup and FA Cup are in the bag. Champions League final against Real Madrid on Saturday. Liverpool pushed right to the last 10 minutes. What about the race for top four? A job brilliantly done by Tottenham. Ten days ago, they were four points off the top four. But Antonio Conte did what he was asked to do when he came in. They were ninth. They have finished, Harry Kane and co, in fourth. At the expense of their North London rivals, Arsenal, who finished two points behind Spurs and will have to contend with Europa League football next season. But surely on reflection, this for Mikel Arteta is a season of progress. They finished eighth last season. What about the bottom? Gigantic day for everyone connected with Leeds United. They started the day in the drop zone, but Jesse Marsh has kept them up on the final day. Second season syndrome averted. And with Leeds staying up, it means Burnley have been relegated. They fired Sean Dyche and they gave Mike Jackson a chance, but in the end, it didn't work. And they will now have to play championship football next season. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It's Tottenham that finished fourth, two points above Arsenal. They were ninth when Antonio Conte came in in November. Good job that he has done. It's their first top four finish since 2018-19. They've been outside that top four in the last two seasons. They have, though, as well. Sorry, Gunners fans. Finished above Arsenal now for the sixth straight season. Let's hear from Antonio Conte. Antonio, Tottenham into the Champions League. I'm sure you like the sound of that. Was that close to the perfect day today, the way the team played and the outcome? Uh, yeah, perfect day for us, especially because uh, uh, we got uh, again a place in Champions League. And uh, I think for a club like Tottenham, for every club in England to play Champions League uh, is, uh, is a great opportunity. It's not easy because uh, in England uh, the league is very, very difficult. There are many top teams. Uh, yeah, to 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 get a, a place in, uh, in Champions League, uh, it means that uh, we did something uh, of uh, excellent in my my in my opinion. 
So Arsenal now under the management of Mikel Arteta for two full seasons, finishing eighth last season, eighth the year before as well, by the way, and fifth this season. That's a jump of three spots. He must be happy. Let's hear from Mikel Arteta. Looking at the season as a whole, it is progression in terms of league position from last season, but do you see, do you still have that regret ultimately? Yeah, with those points last year, you were in Champions League. And what this a... year, you're not. And it's very small margins. You talk about the small margins, but you also mentioned the game earlier this week against Newcastle. Did that game, was it an aberration in a sense? Was it out of kilter to the rest of the season? It's, it's us. It's a reality. I don't like to say, no, it's one-off. It, this, this was our reality when we had to turn into the biggest moment of the season. Uh, we were incapable of, of performing at the level that, that we had. And that assessment has to be done like this because we're going to have other occasions where we have to be there. And obviously, imagine if you have to play in Champions League and go to the Bernabeu, um, which is a completely different state. So that's, that's the situation. So you're essentially saying that your side maybe wasn't ready to play in the Champions League ultimately? Well, we proved that we come two, two points short. That's the league reflection. Uh, I'm not saying it is the reflection of the level that is in this league. And this year we came two points short. Do you know where you need to improve, what you need to do to yeah, take them to the absolutely. next level? And what would that be? We are very clear. I cannot tell you, obviously, but we are very clear what we have to do. Thank you very much, Miguel. Thank you. He doesn't want to give anything away. That has been Mikel all season. What have, in the end, what's cost Arsenal, Tim? Uh, youth and experience, um, inconsistency. And, and quite frankly, this team probably isn't ready for Champions League. But as he said there, the points total they had this year would have qualified them last year. But this league continues to move. They're in a good position. They should feel really good about finishing fifth. Robbie, tell us what he won't tell us. Where do they need to improve first and foremost for next year? Centre forward. Yeah. Striker, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious with uh, Lacazette not really getting a sniff. Aubameyang, of course, was let go to Barcelona. That's certainly an area. Um, I think in general, Rebecca, I think there needs to be another three or four players brought into the squad. It was kind of stripped all the way back. And like Tim said, I mean, I think they're pretty well to finish fifth, way ahead of Manchester United. He's right in a, in a harsh way there. I thought a little harsh on his team. You know, in the moments where we needed it, we weren't able to do it. Okay, well, you can't, it's not all going to fall into place. So I think the progression from, from day one to now is still very good. They didn't make it, but, but still a good season. Robbie, Antonio Conte yeah. was brought in to get top four. Mm. That's what he did. He's got yeah. to stay now, isn't it? And he's got to stay and he's got to be backed. Absolutely. They used to have a manager called Jose Mourinho, who was a special one. They've now got Antonio Conte, who's a special little one. I call him the little angry man. He has put this football club on his back and he's dragged him, Rebecca. They're accountable now. You know they weren't going to do a Spursy thing and lose at Norwich this weekend. And this guy needs backing. This guy needs support, and this guy can get this football club to compete at the top end of the table. They've got a top four manager, a top four football club in terms of the, the stadium and the training ground. Now they need a top four team to go with it. Leeds United averted second season syndrome and stay up by three points. So Burnley join Watford and Norwich and are relegated. We got these scenes from the away dressing room at Brentford Community Stadium. Jesse Marsh and the players dancing, champagne being thrown around as well. Jesse gave a nice speech to the players. What a job he's done. March the 1st, he came in. He said he inherited a tired squad physically and mentally, but he just about revitalised them in time. Under Bielsa, 26 games, just the five wins, less than a point per game on average. Under Jesse Marsh, he's had 12 matches 
He's he's only had four wins. 1.25 was the average points per match, but four wins in the end was just about enough for the American victorious manager. Jesse, congratulations. Survival secured and victory. Just sum that up for us. Hot day. Um, not easy for either team. Uh, but, you know, we... We got the lead, which was really important. I thought um, the start of the match was really good. And then, um, you know, when we were up two men, we were we still didn't want to leave it up to fate. And so we were trying to push for the winner to make sure that we could secure our fate the way we wanted to. And again, so, so four games I've been here and this group has found a way to dig deep in injury time and find winners, find find. Uh, goals that get us draws so the character of the group is clear um, and it's a privilege to work with these guys. I think you said to us pre-match it wasn't until half time you were going to start paying a bit more attention to what was going on elsewhere at Turf Moor. At that point you were safe by a point so what did that half time talk look like? <coughs> um, we talked about how to play in the heat how to manage the game, how to stay focused for every moment um, and, and weird, right when right when we go up a man, that we give up a, a goal to, to make the game tight. But but we said we'd try to update them on the on the score, but also that our focus on on us was the most important thing. And you know, it, it, on hot days like this, it's hard for the guys to concentrate and, and be totally connected for 90, 90 minutes. But in the end, again, the 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 goal is is typical our group. It's typical. They 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 never stop believing, and they're uh, a big compliment to to our mentality. So many twists and turns in that second half. Some lows, perhaps, when you can see then the ultimate high when Jack Harrison got the winner. Is that up there, possibly, with the most stressful 90 minutes you've had in your managerial career so far? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy to manage, and I was just trying to think about ways tactically to help the group to make sure that the guys that we brought on were going to be ready. And, and to be fair, you know, we, again, we got good performances. You know, it's just trying to put it all together for us hasn't always looked perfect. So... The stress has been high for 12 games, for three months. I've tried to stay calm. I've tried to, try to keep the group focused on what we think matters, um, and that's us. And again, you see, again, the quality of the, of, the, of the mentality and character. With the adversity that you have faced over the last few months, just how excited are you by the prospect now of a clean sheet with these, with these players? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, there's so much that's been said about Marcelo Bielsa versus me. And then there's things that are said that, you know, counted us out. And what are the tactics? And what is this? And I get it. This is a high, this is high level stuff, you know, and, and fans pay a lot of attention all over the world. Um, it's not a perfect representation of what I want this team to be. But, but in the situation, I think um, we came together really well. And after the first two games, if, if to say we only lost to the three Giants and, and even some, and they scored three goals, or they each scored a goal in the first action down the pitch or first shot, I, I still feel strongly about the group we have. I feel strongly about the football we can play. I know we need to get better. I know we need to add some good pieces. And, but I, I love this group. I love the team, and I love their commitment, and I love their spirit. I suppose finally, the only downside at this stage right now is that you haven't got to share this moment with a packed out Ellen Road. I'm sure you'd have loved to. Yeah, we were with our fans enough, you know, and 
And what I'll say is, like, I appreciate the fans saying my name, but that's not important to me. Like, the group is the most important thing. We are Leeds United. We're not me. We're not uh, Calvin Phillips. We're not Le Liam Cooper. We are Leeds United, and that's what we will always be as long as I'm here. So um, I love our fans, and they come and they support, but I don't care if they say my name. I, that's not, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is that they know that we are a total group, that we are always committed to each other, and we show it every time we step on the pitch. So congratulations to Jesse Marsh for Burnley, the last six Premier League seasons. Well, 16th, 7th, that anomaly really under Sean Dyche when they qualified for Europe. 15th, then 10th, the decent finish in 2019-2020. Last season, they stayed up by the skin of their teeth. This season, it was a step too far, despite the best efforts of the interim manager, Mike Jackson. Mike, commiserations. Difficult time, difficult moment. Can you put your thoughts into words for us? Uh, it's, it's, it obviously it's difficult at the moment with with what's just happened. The game itself is what I expected. It to be a tight game to start with. Obviously, we give away the penalty and it's took the wind out of us a little bit. But uh, there was a good response after we got the goal back. We've had some really good chances to get some more. We've not took them on the day. But uh, for the fans and the, and the group of lads in there, I, I, I'm, I'm gutted. To be honest, I can only say how I feel. But I just said to the lads in there, I've had the pleasure of working with a group that's fought to the end. You know, we've been hit by injuries and uh, some decisions along the way. But for my seven games here, they've given me they've given me everything. You know, and uh, I, I thank them for that as a as a group of people and group of lads. Robbie Musto, I'll start with you on this relegation situation because I've got to say, I'm not sure many people saw Leeds winning <laughs> no, they didn't. today. No, I didn't see them winning either. I mean, I thought they were favourites to go down. I did tip Burnley back at Christmas time. Oh, yeah, that old chest. One thing I got right. Um, no, seriously, though, I also feared for Burnley if they get relegated, given the financial situation at the club. Um, there's nine players that could possibly leave. They're under contract. There's two star players. The big defenders, the important ones, are going to be out of contract as well. So that it's really worrying for Burnley in terms of coming back again. Um, but just on the other side of it, real quick, I mean, what a decision Victor Orta made, the director of football of, of Leeds United, to make that switch. And of course, that's that's the decision that worked. The Sean Dyche one didn't work. And I'm, and I'm pleased for Jesse Marsh and Leeds United because it's been such a difficult season. Second season difficult anyway. Mm. But when you haven't got your star striker banned for the whole season, pretty much, you lost Phillips and other suspensions and injuries. A very difficult season that they've just managed to, to make okay. Well, just to pick it up on the Sean Dyche firing, yeah. Tim, because when he got fired, I don't remember anybody thinking that was a good idea then after a few weeks we were all like that was a good idea that was a really good idea and now everyone's like wasn't a good idea I mean that's it's so hard in football well I think it was a good idea because this the team was sputtering they had pretty much grind to a halt they they needed a shot in the arm they needed some sort of inject it's not a very good squad in terms of quality right so the owners I think did the right thing and thought how can I get the best out of them for this run-in? And they did, and we saw it. There, there was. There was some really good results just at the end, and, and, and when they got to the final game, they couldn't do it, but I think it was the right decision in the end. Robbie, the yeah. fear in those Leeds fans, because they yeah. waited 16 yeah. years, some people nearly a generation mm. to get back to the Premier League, the yeah. fear and then the relief oh. must have just been incredible. Incredible. For, for a club, Rebecca, that we have to say gives us something in the Premier League. The Premier League's better for Leeds United being in there. Uh, and it's great for Jesse Marsh, who carries the flag for American coaches, mm -hmm. obviously the country we live in now, that, that he stayed in the Premier League and he can show what he can do. Just point, uh, on uh, Tim's point with, with Sean Dyche, I know Alan Pace, the, the Burnley manager, qu quite well. 
I think he would still back the decision he made right. to make. His gut would tell him, I had to make a change. It hasn't worked out. Now they've got to You don't think he'll have again. regrets for making that, that um, decision? No, I, I think his gut told him he felt he needed to make the change. And we saw that they had a reaction, Rob. They just didn't have a big enough reaction to keep mm. them in the league. Mm. One of the other big clubs that was threatened with relegation clinched safety on Thursday. That was Everton and Frank Lampard's men. And now they will have a consecutive season, another season in the English top flight. Only Arsenal have more 96 to their name. Everton on six so it was super important, of course, for Everton to stay up. Let's get the post-match thoughts today of Frank Lampard. You obviously came in in January. You've now, I'm guessing, got quite a good idea of what you'd like the squad to look like. How different do you think it might be come the beginning of next season? Well, we'll see. There's work to be done. Um, you know, every team wants to strengthen. And the reasons why we're, where we are on the table... They're true, you know. The, the, the table reflects certain things we want to get better at. So I've had a chance to see that, and it's a, it's a case of putting our heads down and working and see how we can improve in, in a lot of areas. And there's been a f- couple of stories about Leeds and Burnley asking about the state of Everton and all this stuff surrounding the club. Is that of a concern to you at all? I, I don't know enough about it, so I, to be concerned, but probably you know, it's not my speciality at all and I've been here in a few months and I focused on football so you know we'll see how that pans out and um, I know I know uh, the club itself are working very closely with the Premier League and have been for a long time so I uh, I won't be saying too much on that one so joining the likes of Everton and Leeds next season will be promoted Fulham. Relegated though in their last three Premier League seasons, they'll have a job, job on to try and stay up and do a Brentford this year. Their manager, their head coach, was Marco Silva, previously managed Hull, Watford and Everton in the Premier League, had mixed fortunes, you have to say, with those three clubs. Their top scorer, well, he's a goal machine in the Championship. Alexander Mitrovic, 43 goals this season, but he's never really done it in the Premier League. That'll be a big challenge for him. And a reminder for you that the owner is Shad Khan, who also owns the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's Fulham who are coming up. And you'll remember Bournemouth well as well. They spent five seasons in the Premier League before they were relegated in 2020. Their highest Premier League finish under Eddie Howe, now Newcastle manager, was ninth. This will be their first season, or second season, I should say, under Scott Parker, the former Fulham manager. He played for six different Premier League clubs. He also managed Fulham but took them down. Now, who else will join Fulham and Bournemouth? It'll be one of either Huddersfield Town, who we've seen before, or one of the original founder members of the Premier League, Nottingham Forest. The playoff final in the Championship will be Sunday, May the 29th at Wembley between Huddersfield Town and Nottingham Forest. Well, I'm sure you'll agree, looking back at that, it was one of the best seasons in recent memory. City win by a point from Liverpool. Top four also made up of Chelsea and Spurs. Arsenal progressed from eighth last year to fifth this. Manchester United finishing sixth, but future is bright. They hope the United fans, with Eric Ten Hag coming in, West Ham will play Europa League Conference football next season. Leicester finishing eighth, having really hung around in the bottom half this season. Brighton under Graham Potter going great guns in ninth. And Wolves under Bruno Large for their first full season finish in tenth. The bottom half, well, Newcastle turned it around when they fired Steve Bruce and they bought in Eddie Howe and they also changed their ownership group. Palace up to 12th. That's where they will finish under Patrick Vieira. Brentford under Thomas Frank for the first time ever in the Premier League in 13th. Villa Southampton and Everton will also all want to improve next season. Leeds stay up by three points. The three relegated teams once again, Burnley, Watford and Norwich. 
Welcome back, pitch side then here at Anfield. They're cleaning up. Everyone else has gone home. <laughs> but we're still here. We've got a few more pieces of business to take care of, starting with teams of the season. Each has got a little quirk to it. The first one, Robbie Musto, you just got good old plain team of the season. Just team of the season. And I just think Alisson this season's made more saves. He's been worked a little harder, I thought, than Edison at Manchester City. So he's my goalkeeper. At right back, I did think about um, Rhys James, who's been really good at Chelsea. But again, when you get 12 assists, back to his very best... Alexander-Arnold gets a right back. Robertson, similarly, on the left-hand side. There's not a better left-back in the Premier League. Van Dijk just got back to his very best this season. And Tony Rudiger, I think, has been outstanding for Chelsea, Rebecca, uh, given the, the inconsistencies of that football club. I think he's been outstanding and he's going to leave the club. Into midfield, some might argue for Fabinho in there or maybe Rodri, but Declan Rice, I still think, is a brilliant midfield player. He sits in the heart of that midfield. De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva from, from Man City. Self-explanatory. I mean, De Bruyne, so, so good. Uh, particularly this last second half of the season, and a front three. So Mo Salah, maybe Mo Salah and, and Human Son, you'd expect. Both share the golden boot on 23 goals. And my striker is Cristiano Ronaldo in a very, very poor Man United side. 18 goals, important goals at times to... to to keep them in certain matches, particularly in European competition. So Ronaldo gets my position as a striker. These are your teams of the season presented by Disney and Pixar's Lightyear. And Tim Howard's gone for an under-23 team of the season, Tim. And this was a fun team to pick. Melia had a really difficult season for Leeds, but helped to keep them up. He, he gets a starting goal. Goy got his first England cap this year. He had a fantastic season for Crystal Palace in the middle of midfield. I'll tell you what, I'd take those two over any. Mason Mount probably... Chelsea's best player in Declan Rice, you know, for me, is one of the best central midfielders in the Premier League. Trent Alexander-Arnold had a rebound of a year, really good in the attack. Smith Rowe, who's played on that left wing back uh, for Arsenal, and then up front, a special front three. Kulisewski, who's really, really uh, boosted Tottenham into that uh, top four. Phil Foden, best young player in the league by a mile. And Saka, who's just been on the rise the last two seasons, and my manager... Who better to coach a young team? Mikel Arteta. What about those that don't get talked about enough? The underappreciated team of the season. Robbie Earl. Yeah, that's all me, Bex. Raya in goal, I think, has been excellent since he's come in. Lots of athleticism. Matty Cash, Rico Henry, just have improved as the season's gone on. Christian Romero's going to be a beast. Craig Dawson, some are giving me a bit of stick for that, but he got to the Europa League final. West Ham played more football than he thought. No God's come in and played particularly well. Will Prowse, 10 Premier League goals, free kicks, said enough. Joe Ellington's gone from a centre forward who didn't score a goal to one of the best box to box midfield players under Eddie Howe. And then in front three with Jared Bowen on one side, Kulisaski, we've talked about, and Tamo Puki's got 11 Premier League goals of his team's 23. I don't think anybody's got a bigger percentage as them. That's my underappreciated team. And by the way, an unappreciated manager, Thomas Frank. Yeah, what a season he's had. Robbie, thank you. Time now for the last lowdown of the season presented by Lexus live here at Anfield. Five questions, a little bit of a tweak, I think, to the mm. normal five questions. Gentlemen, for me, you've got some end of season superlatives you'd like me to talk about. End of season. We've had an incredible Premier League season, Rebecca. Yep. What would be your storyline? What's the one storyline that, that stayed with you? Well, you know what? And I know it's probably recency bias, but it's the title race. Not often do we take it to the last 10 minutes of the season. I'm not sure since the nine years that we've had it on NBC, it's ever gone to the final 10 minutes. Today, I had incredible adrenaline from the kickoff until the end. Tim and I were up in the studio, you guys are down here, yeah, yeah. bouncing around with everything that happened. And that's because of the title race. Mm. The title race that almost went one way, then went the other. And the way it was won today, for me, that's my storyline of the season, the title race. 
Okay, I've got the next question. So who's your um, player of the season? Player of the season. So Kevin De Bruyne won the official player of the season. And I do love Kevin De Bruyne, but I feel like there were times this season where he was a bit in and out uh, earlier on in the season. He's injured a little bit as well, had COVID, I think. So I've gone for Mo Salah. Hmm. He finishes... What? He finishes shared goal... Didn't have a great, didn't have a great last... I don't care. It's not the most player of the season, right? I don't care if he didn't have a last great last couple of months. He's the joint golden boot winner and he's finished with the most assists. I'm not sure what else you can ask from your centre forward. Didn't win the title. Thank you, Robbie L. Mo Salah, player of the season. Yeah, good choice. My question is slightly more difficult. More options here. Who's your manager of the season? Controversial. I'm going to go controversial, (laughs) all right? I'm going to go Graham Potter. I mean, Brighton wow. have finished. <laughs> <laughs> Brighton have finished. I don't long, care what you say. Uh, by the way, I, uh, the certain allegiance I have, this is a big thing for me today to go for the Brighton manager. Um, they finished ninth. The budget is I don't mind tiny. It. Thank yeah. you, Robbie. Yeah, I, I thought I'd get it. you in the end. Mm. The budget is mm. tiny. Mm. They finished ninth Great. in the Premier League. Best ever in the history of their mm. club. You can give it to Pep. He's won the league. He always wins the league. You can give it to Klopp, but he didn't win the league. Eddie you can give Howell. it to David Moyes. Eddie, you can give it to Eddie, Eddie Howe. Howe. I give it. By the way, Graham Potter was booed by his yeah, own yeah, fans. Shall, yeah. Ridiculous. Graham Potter, manager of the season. Too next. Next. Who's next? No. Oh, I'll go one more. My, um, <laughs> it's easy to go with your play with this season. Yep. So that's Mo. Yep. Who's the underappreciated? You know I like to go that. Well, yeah, Who's we... underappreciated player of the season? Who haven't we given enough praise it's to? It's hard though, you know, Rob, because the Premier League is so... Ex- the exposure and the publicity is so hard that kind of everyone gets appreciated. But if I had to be pushed, I do love, and you had him in your underappreciated team, I do love Matty Cash. Yeah. Mm. Today, with that header today, yeah. I thought it was a big moment. He seems to be one of those players that likes a big moment. Mm. He's got some stuff in the locker. He's got shots in the locker. He's got, he's got some shots from distance. He's got moments like today. Um, he's come from the championship, which I love. Mm. I just feel he's got pedigree, and I think Gerard loves him. I think he's got yeah, a big future. Like Matty Cash. So I've got the last question. So we saw Liverpool today, big disappointment, of course, they haven't won the Premier League title, but they are involved in a game on Saturday, the UEFA Champions League final. Who wins it? I want Liverpool to win it because I think they deserve a treble. I think they deserve another trophy. I just, I, I feel like if they just finish the league and FA Cup, it's like, it's a little bit underwhelming. Mm. So I want Liverpool to win it. I think Real Madrid are going to win it. I think Liverpool have played every game they could possibly play this season. Mm -hmm. They're going to be out on their feet. There's no doubt that what happened today will have exhausted them mentally because they were minutes away from winning the title, taken away from them. So, also, they weren't very good today. A little bit concerned. In fact, they haven't been that good for a couple of weeks. So, and do we know Thiago might be injured as well, it looks like it as well. Van Dijk, Salah, like you said. So, I'm going to say Real Madrid for that. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.